This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Thrilled today to get to visit with the guest I had a chance to visit with about a year ago. Uh, we're joined by Shelby Medina, and Shelby is the CEO of the Wyndham Area Hospital, and and it's it, they've got a management relationship with Sanford Healthcare. But we'll talk more about Wyndham Area and how they thrive and what they're doing, how competition strategy is changing, and a lot more. Shelby, can you take a moment and introduce yourself? Yes, um, Shelby Medina, as you stated, uh, I worked in the healthcare industry for about 27 years. Um, I've been with Wyndham Mary Health and Sanford Health now for six years, originally from Iowa, uh, moved to uh, Minnesota uh, to be the CEO of Wyndham Mary Health and um, have just enjoyed the healthcare environment all throughout my career. And, and take a moment on the most difficult question, more of a Hawkeyes fan or a Golden Gophers fan, Iowa versus Minnesota, which do you love more? You know, I've been very open and honest since I've been here in Minnesota to anyone I've spoken to, and I'm an Iowa Hawkeyes fan, true and true. All the way through, black and gold, it is what it is. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> Thank you. At least you're upfront and transparent about it. It's very healthy. Yep. Our producer's yep. an Iowa graduate, and my sister's an Iowa graduate, so God bless your amongst family. Let me ask you this uh, question. When you, when, you look your, when you look at what's going on in the world – Staffing shortages, COVID-19, what are the big trends and issues that you're following, adding services? What are the big things that you're thinking about regularly in running the hospital? Well, being a critical access hospital, obviously, you know, there's challenges within itself just for the mere fact that you're a critical access hospital and you're in a rural community and how you keep yourself viable. Uh, we have here at Wyndham Area Health, we're, we've been very, very blessed with um, having great support and partnerships with not only Sanford Health, but other organizations as well. Um, one of it, we're, we're actually a city-owned independent facility, and one of the, uh, you know, really what we're watching for trends and such, and as you just stated with COVID-19, I mean, staffing, we've suffered staffing issues for the past five years. I think that you know the industry knew that we weren't going to have enough healthcare workers to to replace all that we're going to be moving out of the industry, and COVID just exacerbated that. So what we look for is how do we retain, we attract talent, so that we can not only sustain the services that we currently offer, but also looking to the future and what those services might look like, and are there other ways to offer those services. Um, or alternatives, you know, to be able to offer those services to our community, keep us, keep us viable. So it's not just getting talent. It's, it's how do we retain our talent? And it, also within, you know, Minnesota, where we're located, we've got a variety of different health systems that are located within anywhere from 50 to 60 miles from where we are with the shortages and staffing talent we're just borrowing staff from each other, you know, so how do we work together as a health system and with our association to say, okay, what benefits and what are we going to need to do to not only retain the staff that we have, but how do we, how do we attract that young talent back into the, into the industry? You know, that's a long-term solution. I realize that's not short-term, but how do we attract that staff? Because that's what we're seeing. We're seeing a reduction also in, in medical professionals and clinical professionals going in to even learn about the healthcare environment. 
we've been doing a lot of work here at Wyndham Mary Health at getting out there and trying to make that, trying to make the medical environment attractive, <laughs> you know, in the, in the COVID world, we're still trying to, we have to make this environment attractive and let them know that this is a very rewarding career. And, and how acute are the staffing shortages currently? I mean, because you, what you're talking about, I, 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 I do hear consistently from everyone, nursing staff, which is staffing shortages at every level, and then nursing staff shortages, the, the big challenge to more nursing schools is faculty and, and finding pipelines. You've got more and more systems trying to develop nursing schools just so they have a pipeline. But, but how, you know, what do you see there? How acute is this? And it's just not nurses that take it staff at every level. And is there any relief in sight? Can, is it any better or is it just a long-term problem? You know, right now, I'm going to say it's it's pretty significant. It's pretty acute. When we're talking about not being able to, you know, in, in Minnesota, they're utilizing their critical access hospitals. The tertiary hospitals are utilizing the critical access hospitals and for for levels of care that typically in the past wouldn't remain in the critical access hospitals. And And that much more often is due to not having staff to support all the all the beds that they have available. So we've really had to up here in Minnesota work together to say, okay, where are our resources? How can the critical access hospitals help support and in what manner? And do we have the talent that we're able to do that? So I would say currently right now it is it is pretty significant and acute. In addition to that, we've got, you know, uh, travelers, uh, traveling agencies, we've got some some nursing staff that are that are um, choosing to explore those, you know, career opportunities. So it's pretty difficult to to compete with some of those. However, what that's caused us to do here is look at our our care delivery model. We've been pretty lucky to be able to retain the clinical staff that that we have. We we are seeing that there's there's not as many applicants coming through with our openings as we've had in the past but we've been pretty lucky, lucky at retaining our staff. One of the strategies that we really have worked very hard on over this last year and a half is working with our clinical teams to say, what different types of patient care delivery can we offer? Um, knowing that, you know, we still do OB services here. So, you know, that's a, that's a specialty that, that you, it takes extensive training to be able to continue for nursing training to be able to continue to offer that. How do we, you know, how do we deliver that care as a whole clinical team? Do we need more support services if we have less nurses? You know, do we do team nursing? Do we look at hourly rounding? Do we kind of brush off some of these strategies that have been kicked around in the past in healthcare? And maybe now is the time to be able to implement that. So really taking a deep dive on on really challenging ourselves to look at things differently and look at how we can offer things differently and really criticize that. In addition to that as well, too, what we're seeing um, a great deal of of um, acute absences is is in our in our like CNAs and our patient care assistants. We're we're definitely seeing a shortage in those as well too, which are critical to your care delivery team. Completely, completely. And talk about competition. Are you seeing more competition in the rural areas and the critical access hospitals or not really? Is more of the competition towards bigger populations where there's more money to be made? What are you seeing in terms of the evolution of competition? 
I would say for the critical access hospitals, I don't, you know, there's, there's about 45 or 50 independent critical access hospitals that are, that are spread throughout um, the state of Minnesota. So for in my environment, I'm going to say that, you know, competition is there. We have the ability to compete um, and we're competing for resources. So really working with, with our, with our, you know, larger partners to look at ourselves and identify ourselves and find out how we can each help each other. So I would say that for us, being able to stay independent is, is probably our biggest threat. Um, so far, we've been we've been able to manage that really well, but the competition here right now, currently, is for our clinical resources. We've seen greater and greater competition for that than we have in the past over this last six months, I would say. Fascinating, fascinating. And, it, and it's the competition coming from, I mean, there's tremendous competition over staff. The competition for patients, is it coming from other health systems, from telehealth outlets? Where do you, Walmart, Walt, you know, CVS? Where is the competition coming from that you see in your area? Our competition is from other healthcare facilities and from, you know, outpa- from those uh, telehealth. Uh, there's multiple telehealth solution uh, companies around our area that's that's really trying to break in and and stay viable as they were over these past couple of years with COVID, with uh, COVID and and being able to reach patients that way. Or uh, healthcare, larger healthcare organizations are doing more and more with home care. So treating patients with, you know, through virtual visits at home. So it, we're really seeing the, the push for more home care and virtual visits than we have ever in the past. And most of the organizations that, that we're seeing that from is from our larger health systems uh, that, that have clinics uh, in our communities and our rural communities as well. So really staying abreast of who's entering into the market, how our systems, um, such as Sanford and Avera and Mayo Health Systems, you know, really trying to stay abreast on what are they pushing, how are they, how are they still caring for their patients, um, you know, really keeping an eye on what those trends are so that we're not losing that market right out from underneath us and we're being more of a partner than we are a competitor with them. Thank you very, very much. And when you look at this year, Shelby, what are you most excited about for this year? What gets you going and most excited? You know, I love the healthcare industry. Even with all the challenges that we currently are in, I still love the healthcare industry. And I think what I love the most about it is you really can make it what you want it to be. Um, So what I'm the most excited about here uh, for our organization is, again, looking at how we deliver care, looking at, you know, how can we how can we put ourselves out there to the to our our healthcare partners to say, hey, you know, we're here, we're a viable option. What can we do to help? Show our worth, show our value, and how can we work with our payers as well to show our worth and show our value, so that when they start looking at, um, you know, different payment models and reimbursement models as they do every year, you know, again, it's that ability to to show our value as a critical access hospital and how we can still provide high quality care to not just patients in our community, but to the whole health system as a whole so that we can help patient load and, and, and have staff that, who, you know, that might be burnt out in their facility, you know, being able to bring some of those patients to our facility to provide relief overall. So I'm excited for this year. I'm excited about the ability to figure out how we can deliver care differently. I'm excited to work with our hospital association to really be engaged with, 
you know, how can we as a whole look at how we deliver care and and how can we really stand up and look at our rural communities and what do they have to offer there and would it be more cost effective to try to work with them as opposed to pulling people away from their communities. That's what I'm the most most excited about, I think. It's just to constantly define yourselves and get greater and greater. Just fantastic. Yes. Shelby, yes. always a pleasure to visit with you. Uh, what, a, what a wonderful area of the country you live in, in that border area, that Iowa, Minnesota border area, that, that world. Uh, two magnificent communities. I know that you're more of an Iowa fan still, but you've made your home in Minnesota, so you got to love both. Thank I you do. very much for joining us today. Thank you so much.